0: Bob Dylan is a seeker, a seer, even a prophet, who changed and still changes the times, perceptions, and the very purpose of how we live. This is Stephen Daniel Arnoff. I'm the host and creator of Bob Dylan, About Man and God and Law, the podcast, and also author of the book About Man and God and Law, The Spiritual Wisdom of Bob Dylan. And this book is about Dylan's voice, his purpose as the most insightful and provocative spiritual figure in the history of popular music, theme by theme, listening closely to upwards of 50 of his songs, and by placing Dylan in the flow of culture and religion from the past 500 years. I don't know of another book like this about Bob Dylan or any other pop figure, and that's why I wrote it. About Man and God and Law has been called a journey and enchantment, soulful, a revelation and a must have by early reviewers. I thank them for that. And I want you to read my book too. It's available as an ebook beginning December 7th, 2021 and in print in bookstores and online everywhere on May 3rd, 2022. You can even pre-order it at amazon.com or Barnes & Noble. Now, for listeners to this podcast and their pals, if you stop by my website, mangodlaw.com and sign up, I'll send you a free copy of the ebook. That's right, free and easy. All you gotta do is post a review once you've read it. Like it, love it, hate it, just rate it. That's up to you. For a limited time only, come and get it. He not busy reading is busy dying, right? You know that. So visit mangodlaw.com for a free ebook and join the conversation. Thanks for listening. Thanks for reading. And now, back to the show.
1: Dylan was, he was a revolutionary, man. The way that... The way that Elvis freed your body, Bob freed your mind.
0: This is Bob Dylan, about man and God and law. been covered enough, buried as a matter of fact. What me and my band are basically doing is uncovering them, lifting them out of the grave and bringing them into the light of day. That's Bob Dylan talking about 2015's Shadows in the Night, one of a straight, flush, full house cluster of recordings he and his band made of Frank Sinatra songs. It was quite a move for Dylan. Dylan. A man who's never made a foolish move. Not really. Dylan is not the world's most obvious singer. A main point of discussion, annoyance, ribbing, or curiosity for decades. His caricature on Saturday Night Live singing We Are the World, or perhaps his own tongue-in-cheek portrait of himself, has been the question if he actually is a singer. Does he even... Care how his vocals sound? Well, careful listeners know that the answer to this question is yes. Yes, he cares. It's it's a thing. Being a vocalist with patterns and experimentation and dynamism and highs and lows and even if, even if sometimes none of that sounds that way for sure. Taking on one of the toughest songbooks in the book signature Sinatra, while his vocal cords were ravaged by smoking, age, and a tenacious approach to live performance that has often left those sensitive pieces of vibrating tissue by which we express our heart's desires hanging by no more than the thinnest of threads, that was a tall order. But he did it. Dylan climbed a mountain's worth of Sinatra, Saying that the chairman of the board's songbook was a mountain that any singer worth his salt had to climb. He was
1: at The moon down stars were gone, but the sun did with the dawn
0: All of that covering and uncovering and covering up with cover songs. Dylan croaking like the singer croaking out the last lines of the 13th verse of Louie Louie in a frat house wasteland band surrounded by empty keggers at 5 a.m. And then suddenly, in his mid 70s, he was harvesting supple, nuanced, knowing intonation from pop songs of ultimate sophistication. Here we go again. The Gemini. Angela's angel with two, four, maybe more faces. The twinning of opposites to make a whole. Dylan facing down the mountain of some of the most revealing lyrics which pop songwriters have ever tracked up the hilltops of love and longing. Now every musician gets their start doing covers. My did it, you did it, we all did it. The Beatles did Little Richard the Stones, Chuck Berry, Aerosmith the Stones... Pearl Jam, Neil Young, Nirvana, the Meccans, he or she who hast not playeth wild thing, or Johnny be good a thousand times or more shall not hold an axe on the stage of our Lord. <laughs> Those are just the rules, kids. You can look it up. but what is revealed by a cover, and most particularly, what is revealed by covering songs by Bob Dylan? As we shared in last season's Art of Memory episode, Dylan is a master memorialist. This is partly a mastery of talking about what is dead in a way that gives the fatally mortal a new life through the alchemy of music and words. See his eulogies of Jerry Garcia or Johnny Cash or his obsessive songwriting about death since the dawn of his career in another of last season's shows— Dylan and the Dead, which I also talk about quite a bit in the chapter on death in my book about man and God and law, The Spiritual Wisdom of Bob Dylan. That's the book we told you about at the top of the show. When I say memorialist, I mean it in a much simpler sense, that Dylan, like all great artists from Homer to Shakespeare to Donna Tartt has an immense capacity to take in, organize, and reproduce the raw material of human experience as he sees, hears, and feels it. I've quoted Mary Carruthers a bunch of times over the past year or two. Carruthers is an incredible scholar of the memory systems that preserved culture during the dark ages of Europe. Yes, times of plague and violent extremism. Fueled by religion and oligarchies and Cretans, Cretans in which certain factions took cover under ancient texts. Sound familiar, America? Talking about the monks of Europe woodshedding with manuscripts of the Bible, self exiled from a self immolating and suffocating region poisoned by religious fanaticism, Carruthers describes the art of memory as, quote, making present the voices of what is past, not to entomb either the past or the present, but to give them life together in a place common to both in memory. And this, my friends, is precisely what Bob Dylan is saying about Frank Sinatra. Uncovering songs by covering them to give new life to songs that are For any singer who came of age in the middle of the 20th century, especially those who grew up with their ears pinned to the radio and phonograph player like Bob Dylan, pop cultural sacred texts that would otherwise be left for dead. Such songs are immutable and mysterious like Holy Writ, passed on from singer to singer, like the monks passed along the psalms in silence with ink-stained hands. The songs must be interpreted in order to survive. But can one do them justice when giving them life by only covering them? Can one take on the original without getting lost or losing the song? Pop songs are our holy texts and their composers have divine fingerprints on them and their songs. So what is happening when other artists do Dylan's sacred texts, his songs, covered or uncovered? Well, that, (laughs) that is what we are here to uncover. I'm Stephen Daniel Arnoff. Welcome back to Bob Dylan about man and God and law. We're taking it off. We're taking it all off. Episode 6 of Season 2. Covering and uncovering Bob Dylan with Adele. Jimi Hendrix, Van Morrison, Richie Havens, Rise Against, and the great Nina Simone. Why does everybody love Adele? Why? Can I admit that I don't? Is that okay? Rick Beato, who posts superb breakdowns of pop songs on his YouTube channel with enlightening musical dexterity and ease, talked recently about how the first single from Adele's new album, Easy On Me, is a masterpiece. You can find the link to Beato's explanation in the show notes on He talks about how Adele sings her takes straight through, doesn't auto-tune, spirals out clever, uplifting chording, and employs a sensitive, stirring use of the kick drum. Aretha Franklin, Gladys Knight, Otis Redding, old-time Van Morrison, anyone? What about this is exciting and new? Adele, self-effacing with a working-class lilt, wrestling with body image and a bad marriage and a kid. She does seem to be a pretty good role model, especially for women. And her audience share is basically all people with ears in a massive career. Adele admitted herself that Beyonce should have gotten the album of the year for her masterwork, Lemonade, not Adele, who won 17. 17 Grammys that year. That's nice for her. And she does seem kind and humble, but it's more than that, isn't it? Is Adele, who obviously can sing and write and pick good producers and sell a deeply accessible self, much of anything compared to the great R&B, soul, blues, or even pop singers, let alone the wildly talented Beyoncé? I just don't hear it. I see it, but I really don't believe it. She is as pop always has, superimposing a white, notably talented, cutesy, and safe, and colorful character of her times upon a song that is essentially a knockoff of classic soul music. Some pull this off. I actually like classic hollow notes or Todd Rungren, or Van or the almonds, of whose vocals Ray Charles supposedly expressed much admiration. But still, The music just doesn't move me. It sounds like Michael Bolton to me, and I don't care for Michael Bolton that much at all. So why all of this, yeah, Because Adele's Make You Feel My Love, a Bob Dylan composition, of course, was a worldwide smash. It has sold more, streamed more, more than any single Dylan has ever released. Probably more than many of his most famous songs put together. And this is the first cover we uncover on this episode. A bit unique, in the curation. What Adele masterfully uncovers is a perfectly produced version of what Dylan sometimes writes, on purpose, for the money, for fun, just because a kind of perfect pop love song. It's pop craft, which we often forget about when we think of Dylan. But there's a reason why he's just sold his songwriting licenses for $350 million. The man can write one heck of a pop song when he wants to. Ask Peter, Paul, and Mary or the Birds who made careers and millions off of them. Albert Grossman knew it and Jeff Rosen knows it too. White sugar pop stars can bring a lot of light and a lot of tears from a cover of a song like Make You Feel My Love, but it's fairly unusual when Dylan's lyrics and melodies invite a perfect pop rendition from a perfect pop star. Adele's Make You Feel My Love is not on heavy rotation around my house. Frankly, neither is Dylan's original, which, which a record exec, I know, once told me he originally wrote for Billy Joel to sing. Adele's version is not really an interpretation as I hear it. It's a cover, like a thin blanket to keep us warm by the fireplace, but it doesn't say much. It doesn't demand much. Safe choices for the marketplace make the music industry go round many times. And thankfully, at least, this one comes from a seemingly sincere presenter. But it's not much more than that. Just a couple hundred million dollar bashes or so in the bank for everyone. could make Who was Jimi Hendrix? One of the great archetypes of the rock star and a guitarist of such talent that he still defies complete understanding. He was black, psychedelic, troubled and liberated Technologically prophetic, a total genius, and he got his chops playing the Chitlin circuit with the Isley brothers and little Richard, too. She's a genius phenomena of pop, maybe like Whitney Houston or Mariah Carey in their way, a diva, though I'd like to hear either just sing with acoustic instruments because heavenly vocal instruments they clearly had. Beyoncé in the diva plus plus category, I would call Beyoncé a genius. What other contemporary artists would you call a genius? Was Tina Turner a genius? As a performer, as an interpreter, maybe. Aretha, yes. Jimi Hendrix, yes. And this is why all along The Watchtower is so combustible. It's a rendition where geniuses meet. "'Watch in the watchtower, eat, drink, arise, ye princes, and prepare the shield. "'Go set a watchman, let him declare what he seeth. "'And he saw a chariot with a couple of horsemen, "'a chariot of asses and a chariot of camels. "'And he hearkened diligently with much heed. "'Behold, here cometh a chariot of men with a couple of horsemen.' "'And he answered and said,' Babylon is fallen, is fallen, and all the graven images of her gods he hath broken unto the ground. Let's the book of Isaiah, chapter 21, verses 5 through 9. Bob's mother said that he had a big Bible on a stand in the Woodstock house, that he would always be getting up to check a reference in it. And this is where he wrote all along the watchtower in the second half of 1967. And it's a song that's become a pop sacred text itself. In fact, it's also a kind of midrash or interpretation of those verses from Isaiah, flipped up and over to create something new. Dylan once described his reaction to hearing Jimi Hendrix's version of the song recorded just months after Dylan's version on John Wesley Harding was released. It overwhelmed me, really, he said. He had such talent. He could find things inside a song and vigorously develop them. He found things that other people wouldn't think of finding in there. He probably improved upon it by the spaces he was using. I took license with the song from his version, actually, and continue to do so to this day. And indeed, this is one of Dylan's most played in-concert songs, and it's Jimi Hendrix's version that frames Dylan's. In the liner notes accompanying his album Biograph, Dylan said, I liked Jimi Hendrix's record of this, and ever since he died, I've been doing it that way. Now, we have talked about Midrash so much, you might be asking yourself why I'm bringing it up again, but really, this is a pattern for interpretation and repurposing of writ that is core to religions that rely upon texts from generation to generation, just as you can't have the Stones or Nirvana without there being cover bands first. Masters of musical memory and midrashic interpretation like Hendrix can take an already layered text like All Along the Watchtower and plumb the gaps it leaves open, filling its mystery with new mystery, so much so that the composer himself is affected. This is covering and uncovering through a cover song, a world within a world, a certain kind of reveal that is actually, in sacred pop terms, a reveal that is a revelation. I have always loved Richie Havens, even if the first time I heard him was on a United Airlines commercial.
1: Nobody feels any pain Tonight as I stand inside the rain Everybody knows the baby's gotten close Lately I see her ribbons and her bows and the problems From her curls Ah, she takes
0: Then I watched the Woodstock movie And then
1: I was hooked Nobody feels any pain Now let me stand inside the rain Everybody knows got no clothes Baby i sing in the boulder They're falling from the curls
0: Till he produced album after album of fetchy soap opera sax riffs and then Went off the COVID denier deep end. Van Morrison was also one of my musical heroes.
1: Nobody feels in pain Tonight as I stand inside the rain Everybody knows Baby's got new clothes. Let
0: And Nina Simone, who offered the peak experience of our first season's episode on love, is another woman artist in the genius category as a singer, player, performer, and composer. All three, Richie Havens, Van Morrison, and Nina Simone, took on Bob Dylan's song, Just Like a Woman. Now, if Adele is... Pop ear candy that stirs the heart, and Hendrix is otherworldly musical mastery that reframes prophecy. Here are three examples of how an exquisite composition, Just Like a Woman, really one of Dylan's greatest epic, non epic songs, is uncovered by a virtuoso version by a profoundly sensitive singer that lifts up the song whole. Havens, his voice, his unique open tuned percussive guitar, and his supremely kind, hippie, wise man spirit. Man, if you ever met him, which blessedly I did, bringing him and his lady friend a Coca-Cola at the Iron Horse Music Hall in Northampton, Massachusetts in 1992, during which he blessed me to stay cool, guy, with a giant warm hand on my shoulder and an electric smile, well, If you ever met Richie Havens, you met a man who radiated warmth and love. Van, always ready to melt your heart in one beat and headbutt the drummer for looking at him the wrong way in the next, brings a choppy, fiery take upon Just Like a Woman, but he's such a great singer and rests so sweetly in the rhythm of the rain in the song, tapping, tap, tap, tapping it forward with such rich vocal tones. It's wildly captivating. And then there's Nina Simone. We have talked about this performance already. She owns this song, not covering, not uncovering, but reassembling it as a critique of a strong woman, strong enough to make love just like a woman and break like a little girl in your face and live to tell you all about it.
1: I make love just like a woman. And I just like a woman. But I bring.
0: Lifting up a great song, not recovering it or unpacking it, but taking care of it, good, nurturing it in a unique voice. These cover songs at their best. And finally, there is the Ballad of Hollis Brown. Your
1: baby's eyes look we'll crazy and talking at your sleep. Your baby's eyes look crazy and talking at your
0: sleep.
1: And you walk the same
0: in a moment with Iggy Pop and the Stooges' 1977 version from the great Agora in Cleveland, Ohio when we roll the credits. But right here, we will close this coverage of Dylan covers with a rip snort puncher, lights out mother-effer version of The Ballad of Hollis Brown by Rise Against on a collection of Dylan covers from about a decade ago. It's a wonderful mix of performances, worth everyone's while. And we mention that in the show notes as well. Now our pal, Griel Marcus, has written about the ballad of Hollis Brown a lot.
1: Alice Brown, he lived on the outside of town. Alice Brown, he lived on the outside of town. With his
0: wife and five children. You want to talk biblical famine and black death plague and the murderous undying horror of a Voldemort-like... Never Die, Trump, and America's Most Wicked Self come down to Hollis Brown's farm, where hope is so scarce that even Dylan, who rarely offers a song without some shred of hope, or at least humor to build upon, leaves the cupboards completely and totally bare of anything good. The lyrics are a rager. But the music is a hammered, string, folk tune drone. The manhole cover of this hellfire gets uncapped by rise against. It's a nuclear expiation of every person's string, cabin, tumbleweed, and weapon in the original. With extreme subtlety and discipline, like the stoic of olden days, in fact... Dylan masks his rage in a thick-skinned horror ballad that becomes the walk-off music of Armageddon with Rise Against. Do not watch the news before or after listening to this one. It will put you on your knees. The injustice, the manipulation, the poverty of values, the trashing of humanity. And it's all right here, just in time. (laughs) For the holiday season. I don't like ending these reflections on what is uncovered by Dylan's covers on a bad note, a note of fury and disgust, but truth is truth. And if there's one thing we know about Bob Dylan, the more he denies it, the more he pretends he's not, the more we know he's all about telling the truth. And the truth is this. All of the songs heard here are timeless in the mouths and minds of other formidable artists. Somehow find a space within them to tell another interpretive story within them. As Dylan sang of Frankie Lee and Judas Priest, we we could say about each of these songs, it's not a house, it's a home. Sweet or scary or both. There's no place like it. Covered. Uncovered. Rico. This has been episode six of season two of Bob Dylan, about man and God-in-law. Covering and uncovering Bob Dylan with Adele, Jimi Hendrix, Van Morris, and Richie Havens, Rise Against Nina Simone, and now Iggy Pop and the Stooges too. In two weeks, we've got an episode on perhaps Dylan's wildest, saddest, most gut-wrenching song, and in the meantime... Stay tuned for a few surprises with holiday cheer right here wherever you are listening. And speaking of cheer, three cheers for the new book. Get your free copy of the ebook at mangodlaw.com. Or you can order or pre order a copy of the book for yourself wherever books are sold. We are proud to be part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Check out our brand new channel at Apple Podcasts for the whole rocking, music, pod fam, all in one place. We will cover even more next time. Kids, it's, it's time to go. <laughs> I'm your host, Dr. Stephen Daniel Arnoff. Thanks for coming and see you soon.